This is the Heavy Boots Podcast, the place to feel all your feelings. Welcome back for season two, episode one. We're calling this Rhyme or Reason. And when I first came up with the idea, I had something else in mind. And life, as it usually does, just changed everything. And um, yeah, there's lots to talk about. A lot of growth and learning and hard bits and, you know, life. So let's get into it. I set out to make this episode called Rhyme or Reason about why we do things, our intention. And I recorded it twice and I didn't like how it came out either time, so I scrapped it. And then life got away from me, lots of responsibilities, lots of things going on, a lot of stress. And then something happened where I looked at my paper that said Rhyme or Reason and I said, well... I have a different take on that because of what I've been going through. Why don't I just talk about that? So we're here. It's episode one of season two, a whole new chapter in life. And I really do feel like something's about to change. And I really hope that it's true. Um, But I had a shakeup. Um. I don't know about you guys, but when I have a shakeup, it it does change things in my life. And I'll just get right to it. Um, I was, we've been taking care of Percy. So Percy is our stray and he's one of the loves of my life um, in cat form. I really do love the guy. Um, He saved me at a time when I thought... There was nothing for me, you know, and if you guys have been here listening, my first episode, I read you my essay about the dude and we just had a shared bond since day one. So, um, I love him. So we were taking care of him because he was being very aggressive. I think I told you to the other cats. And so we wanted to get him fixed So that, you know, maybe his aggressiveness would stop and, you know, just kind of take care of him, look after him. And so we got him fixed when he was being fixed. Then a vet found out that he had liver issues and um, he was jaundice. So we had to put him on antibiotics. So he was kind of living with us um, in our tiny little place here. And our other cat, our, our pride and joy, my number one. Paisley, she was not happy about it, but we did it because we wanted to care for him and he had to go through antibiotics and he wasn't feeling good. So he was really chill and really, you know, um, sedated because we're giving him pain meds and calming, calming down meds. (laughs) So, you know, he was just a different kind of cat, very soft, very low energy, you know, as he got better. And then he got better and we let him back outside and he wanted to come back in all the time because he was like, Hey, you let me in. What are you doing? You know? And so we're like, ah, so, and really when I say we, it's mostly me. I was like, well, just let him in. Who cares? You know? 
and um, he was being really good with Paisley and he had more energy and everything. And unfortunately, he kept chasing the cats, the other cats. It was awful. I that part of it, I just was like, leave him alone, you know. So anyways, um, and Paisley wasn't sure of him. She just, she just didn't take to him. So, you know, it was a little stressful, but I didn't let him in all the time. And, you know, we're just making sure he was okay. So as I'm recording this, it's May 28th. It's Sunday. And so for, I'd say the last two weeks or so, he doesn't sleep inside. He sleeps outside. And then I would let him in during the day sometimes just to cuddle with because he's, I swear, he's so sweet. So what happened was, is during one of these cuddle sessions, he bit me and he bit me good. He, I had to pull his face off of me and, and then I had to get mad at him. I mean, I was so mad. I was so shocked that he would bite the ham that feeds him, you know, that whole expression. Um... And I was just, I mean, it was a lot of blood for two, it was two little, you know, teeth marks, but he had like my whole hand, I had to pull him off and then I had to throw him outside. It just really shook me up. And, you know, initially you don't think anything of anything. You're just in the moment caring for my wound. And I was in the bathroom cleaning off the blood and then I was thinking back to the day before when he left us a present, um, you know, a little rodent and how he's been, you know, bringing little presents or whatever you want to call it to us. And then I freaked myself out because then I was like, oh my gosh, rabies. I used to work at public health. And so people would get bit and they would have to do a rabies vaccine sometimes. And I was like, oh my God, what could he have rabies, you know? And to be clear, he wasn't malicious when he bit me. He was just, we were just, I was just petting him and I pet his stomach and I don't think he liked that, I guess. He normally doesn't mind, but, you know, I've read up about it since and please don't go on the internet and read anything about rabies. It's terrifying, um, which we'll go into, but, you know, the cat, my other cat was next to us, you know, and then I had played with him the day before to see he was loving it outside. And so there's just little things that can happen in their mind of like, they think you're playing and they don't know their own strength. You know, he was so upset. He didn't know what he had done. And it was, it was a sad couple days. So I, you know, once I figured out, I looked online and I figured out I should probably go get this checked out, you know? So, um, I hate to admit it, but I don't have insurance right now. You know, it's irresponsible and I'm going to work on that, but it's what it is. And I like to tell the truth on here. So, um, I, you know, I'll save you all that, but it was hard to figure out where to go. And finally I had an old friend from, um, public health, lovely person who helped me out and told me exactly what to do. So that was awesome. And so we went to the ER, my mom picked me up and we went to the ER and, I, the person at the front desk was amazing, but the people that were back there, I guess it was a nurse and a doctor, they were just cocky, no bedside manner, barely looked at my hand. I don't even know that they, yeah, they never touched my hand. They never addressed the wounds, nothing. They just, 
gave me he gave me a spiel like at first I was like oh it was so nice that this guy talked to us for so long but then as I digested the information (laughs) and as I you know got further away from from that it just was a lot of fluff you know it just wasn't and it was very um what am I trying to say it just wasn't comforting and it wasn't definitive and so what I found out though is that most of what he said was true they can't be definitive and so, um, he gave me antibiotics and that was pretty much it. He said, we, we're not going to give you the rabies vaccine cause it's really rare to get rabies in the United States. It's just, there's not been a case in a long time. Um, and if, if it was a bat that bit you or, um, what was it? I think it's bats, skunks, foxes, you know, then we'd think differently on that, but that it's really unlikely. And I said, well, okay, you know, how can I know that I'm, you know, I I asked a lot of questions. My mom was super proud of me because I'm just like a demure. Okay. Demure is definitely not the right word. I am shy and I don't know. There's just, I, I just never feel assertive. You know, I'm just not assertive. And I just, Sometimes I can't formulate my thoughts in the moment um, without getting emotional. And this time I was just like, nope, to the facts. And I asked a lot of questions and I didn't really get many answers besides. So rabies, when people would, you know, get bit with public health, they'd have to come in and get a rabies vaccine within 24 hours. That was the deal. Like, that's what I remember. So that's why I went to the ER because I was like, okay, give me the vaccine. And they said that you, no matter where you go, they we don't do that. Like, and I looked online and he was, tr- he's true to his word. And then, you know, but he did, because <laughs> I did a lot of digging before I went. I was on the internet being an idiot because you should never do that. Um, and so it says that you can contract rabies between 10 days. You could see signs of rabies within yourself within 10 days of the bite to a year. And so then this guy was saying, if we could find the cat and quarantine him for 10 days, then we know I don't have rabies. And I was like, okay, well, then why does it say a year? And he was like, well, if the cat had rabies, he would, he'd be dead. And I was like, okay, <laughs> there, you know, it was just like, if he's not dead. So anyways, we left there. I, you know, we, I asked all the questions I could. There was no answers that I could ascertain, <laughs> you know, not like definitive answers. I got my antibiotics. Um, so I knew that infection wasn't, you know, cause what I found out too is cat bites, so, like, I get scratched by my kitty cat all the time, and I clean them out really well. I have I know that scratches, you know, they could have crap in their nails and that you could get really sick. I've heard about people dying from that. So I take those really seriously. She bites me all the time. She doesn't puncture my skin like Percy did. You know, Percy, Mr. Wildman outside, he doesn't know his own strength. He hasn't been an indoor cat, so he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. But per- Paisley, their names are so similar, sorry. Paisley, my indoor cat, she knows, like, oh, yeah, I can't, I don't know. She just has instinct, but she's also, like, the most empathetic, sweetest cat I've ever had in my entire life. So, 
Um, yeah, so I've been very proactive about cleaning out wounds, you know, and I mean, she doesn't hurt me all the time, but every now and then it's like, oh crap. So, um, with, you know, a bite, I did not realize that it's way worse than a scratch because of the bacteria that they have within their mouth. And I was always told that the bacteria in their mouth is what keeps them healthy, you know, like, cause they do a lot of gross things like so do dogs. And I don't know. I just always heard that cats and dog saliva is really like a cleaning agent or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's how they stay okay. And so I was so surprised to hear that if you get bit, it's, you're in a lot more susceptibility to contract a, like a, a bacterial infection. Like I was just like, whoa, okay. So, I mean, of course I would treat it just like I'd treat um, a scratch, but I didn't realize that you actually need antibiotics. So that was a new thing. So my mom and I left the ER and we weren't satisfied. So we called the epidemiologist. I left her a message. I called animal services and we got lots of answers um, that were all pretty much what he said. Not likely you have rabies. Like everyone would be flabbergasted if I got rabies. That's what they all said. So that's like five different people that I've talked to now that have all said that it would just be crazy, you know, and that's fine and good. It's just not definitive. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just not definitive. And this whole 10 day thing, it's just, it's just crazy. But so when we called animal control, or animal services, I found out that they didn't submit a bite report from the ER. And that made me throw out everything they said, you know, because it was like, it's mandatory that you, you submit the bite report to animal services, because they need to follow up, because they need to track the cases so that they can tell me definitively that there's no rabies cases um, they track all that, you know what I mean? And they didn't even turn it into animal services from the ER. So I, you know, I reported it and I told them and I was really nervous about them coming and taking Percy and just like terminating him, you know, cause like you hear stories about dogs who do it and then they get shot, you know, <laughs> like you're just like, Oh God, I don't want him to be hurt because of a lapse of, you know, whatever. And so like, honestly, I'm not mad at the dude. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I wish it would never have happened and I'm going to be careful from now on, but I'm not mad at the dude. But so anyways, there's more to the story. So, um, basically she had the lady at animal services said, if we can quarantine the cat, then, you know, for 10 days. Um, and she said, you don't even have to quarantine him. If you see him around, you could just monitor him and see, um, you know, that he's okay. And if he's okay for 10 days and you're good. And I was like, okay. And so then she said, I said, well, can we quarantine him with you? Like, do you guys take the cat? And she said, yes, but it costs money and it's $32 a day. And that would be 10 days. So 320 bucks. So I was like, oh yeah, never mind. So I just felt like we should quarantine him though, because if we let him roam around and then say he, you know, the fourth day in, he does eat a bat and then dies 
and it was after he had already bit me. So he wasn't, you know, I, I just wanted, I, I like definitive. So I was like, okay. So I decided, um, you know, this was the, actually the next day. Cause the day of that, I was just so distraught and so upset. And I was just a mess. I was just like feeling bad because he felt bad. He was feeling so bad. He was crying outside the door and it was just, you know, one of those things where you're just like the first day you're just thinking you're going to die from rabies. Like that's all you have in your head, even though everyone told you, no, you're not going to die from rabies. But the second day, the guy called from the animal services department and this man is amazing. Officer Campbell is so kind. He let me ask him the same questions, a million questions, and he totally understood and he could hear me, you know, shaking in my voice. And I mean, I did cry, end up crying with him, but, um, it's just scary to me because there's not a definitive, you're going to be okay, you know? And so, um, I still though, when I got, you know, off the phone, I still don't understand how if the cat's fine for 10 days that I'm totally in the clear when online says a year on there. So I'm trying to understand, I want the logic, you know, is it like his, his saliva isn't venomous, <laughs> um, you know, until 10 days before he dies from rabies. Like that's the other part that's so upsetting is all of this means that he would just die, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I'd die too probably, but I'm so horrible. I'm thinking about the cat mostly. Um, but you know, so it was just, it's like, why the logic? I just, the logic isn't sound and, and everyone, everything I read, it's just the same logic. So anyways, um, we decided that I was going to pen up the cat because we have a nice pen, whatever you call it, cage thingy. And we just quarantine him here at our home for 10 days. So Officer Campbell said he'll check in with me on the 5th. And so I put, I started to make up the cage for Percy and he got right in it. And so before I could even put his box in there um, or food and water, I just closed it because I was like, he's in there. And he freaked out and whatever. I was able to get food and water in the side. He did eat. He did drink. He was pretty mad, but he was outside and, um, it was, he chilled out like later in the day. I got a lot done. And then, um, at night we can't leave him outside because there's lots of wild animals here and we don't want him to be scared and we don't want him to be crying, you know, and wake up everybody. So we decided to bring him in. So we brought him in, we, we closed up, we have this new gate thing on our hall, in our hallway to cut off the living room area from the bedroom area. Cause when he was sick, we needed that so that they could, you know, cause they're not, they don't get along great Percy and Paisley. So we just wanted to make sure that we could close each one off in certain places. So we have that, which is really nice. And so I closed, um, paisley off on the side and we had percy come out he got to go to the restroom i felt so bad <laughs> that we left him without one all day but he didn't he didn't even go it's so weird he got to eat he got to drink he got some pets though i'm really gun shy still but so then we kind of tricked him into getting 
back in the cage and this time we put the litter box and the water and the food and we got him in there and well he freaking flipped out and so of course my first thought is oh yes he has rabies he's acting like a lunatic but he's a wild animal in a cage inside the house so it's even more closed in for the guy so what he ended up doing is making the biggest mess that I think I've cleaned up in a while it was such a mess oh my goodness he he tried to dig to China, uh, you know, in his litter box. He just kept digging and digging. And then when he wasn't doing that, he was trying to get out of the cage by standing up really tall. And so he would dip his foot in the water by accident. So then he would go in the litter box and, with the wet feet and make paste, basically, because it's nice clumping litter that works really well. And so he was just flinging cat litter everywhere like everywhere it was just a freaking disaster a mess and he was crying and he was and we were we were trying to have dinner and so Paul and I just we broke down I mean I don't know how else to describe it we were just so sad like we felt so bad for the dude but then you know we feel so bad for me having been bit and having to think you know might not make it or something you know like it was just a lot of stuff on our minds. We were both crying. We were both frustrated. And for me to give up, like, like Paul doesn't give up easily at all. But in this realm, it's not like his cup of tea. It's the cats. You know what I mean? It's like he doesn't want to stress out about stinking strays. Like, it's not his his world. You know, it's, he, he is in the world and he cares about the cats. I don't want to make it sound weird. But he... He would give up faster than I in this realm because it's stressful. You know what I mean? And me, I'm just like, well, you go in the room, just lay down and I'll take care of everything, you know? And I, I didn't have that in me this, this night, this was Thursday night. And I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this. And Paul was like, I can't do this either. We can't have, this is the first day of 10 days. There's no way. There's no way. So we have some savings and so we decided that we're going to use a bulk of it <laughs> and just put Percy at the animal services department so that we have peace of mind. We had to just suck it up. It's just money, like honestly. And of course it was a hard decision because we already put a bunch of money into him for his, you know, antibiotics and his you know, getting fixed and all that. And it's like, how much more money are we going to put into this cat? But at the same token, I wanted him to be quarantined so that I can have peace of mind after 10 days, if that's really what it takes, you know. And I knew we weren't going to get that if he was here. We can't have him just roaming around. So, so this was all this past week. It was Wednesday when he bit me. Thursday was when we tried to quarantine him ourselves. And then Friday morning, I called Animal Services and just told them, can we bring him in? Because I, we can't. <laughs> so they allowed us to bring him in. And so Paul took him. And that was so hard on him because <laughs> we're both sensitive people. Like we've, we've realized throughout this process, especially that we're the same. Like, and that's amazing because we can relate to each other. We can, you know, lean on each other. But when it comes to making the hard decisions, we're both the same. So it's, it's hard on us a little bit. Cause it's like, well, can't you just take the decision? And so I don't have to make the hard decision, you know, like, can't you do it? 
But we made the hard decision together and it was good. It was a hard morning. Um, yeah, it was just a hard morning because then, you know, Percy was gone and Paul took him and then I had to clean this place up. And so I spent the entire day cleaning, like the entire day. Like, and if you saw where we live, you'd be like, how does it take that long? Well, it was just because I hadn't really done a deep clean since he'd moved in for the antibiotic treatment, you know? So there was hair and I was using the vacuum and stuff, but like that litter, he flung it places. We'll probably still find it, you know? It was crazy. So there was a lot to do and I, I, took care of it all. And then when Paul got home, dinner was ready and we had one of the most relaxing nights and we both just were really vulnerable with each other. And, you know, he's scared. He's like, I don't want to lose you. And like, I'm scared. And like, you know, it's just these realizations in life that like, how can your life change so fast on a dime like that? You know, like, and it can. So... That is what happened. So, uh, Percy is in quarantine until June 6th or 5th. It's a Monday. And it's been really quiet around here. And what I have found is, you know, that there is a reason for everything. Um, and so the rhyme or reason part of this thing, that's where I'm coming from on it is there's a reason for everything. And I think you know, God willing or universe willing, I'll be okay. Um, but the relaxation that we felt that night after he was gone, like we were sad for him and we miss him and we love him. Like it's nothing like that. And it just, but it just made us realize that we have been sacrificing just that calm stillness, you know, for the sake of this stray cat. And like, because it's not that he just blends into our family here. Him and Paisley don't get along. And so you have to pay attention and, and watch them. And and that's a stress. And then, you know, there's just so many little things that we realize, oh my gosh, he takes, he takes up a lot of our mind, you know? And so that was cool to learn that. Like, it sucks and I feel bad that we're not going to be able to be who we wanted to be for him. But we have to, like, have a relaxing home life, you know? Like, it's it's safe space. And so we're going to figure something out for him. I don't know what. We we can't go that far right now. It's, like, one day at a time. There's, there's just so much to think about that I just get overwhelmed. So it's like, let's not think on it. We'll pick him up on the 5th and see how he is, you know? Maybe he'll just be mad at us and he'll ride off into the sunset. I don't know. But, um... Regardless, I know that Miss Paisley here, she was so much happier within like 10 hours of him not being here. So she deserves, you know, a chill environment. And I feel bad that my mom was always looking out for her when she came over. She's like, what about Paisley? Are you not paying attention to Paisley? And I did. I did pay. I love pa I mean, she's my babe, man. She saved me, too. I guess you just don't see until it's not happening how much she was compromising. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't realize how she had to compensate for so much. And so I feel bad. And we've been having a lot of fun and since he's been gone. And so that's just, 
kind of sad too, but it's just the truth of it, you know? And so that was, you know, that was the glaring reason that this happened was to shake up our household um, and to, you know, get us thinking about things like that. But the biggest reason I think for me is I've just been in like kind of a monotony, you know, kind of just through the motions and I... I don't know. I just think that I needed a shake up, you know, to make me realize that I don't want to leave the earth. Um, and that there's this piece of it that it's hard for me to talk about. Um, is that I, um, when I was going through my panic attacks and my, and my depression, there were times when I asked to leave the world. There are times when I didn't want to be here anymore at all, like at all. And so I was feeling a lot of guilt and shame because I was like, did I bring this on myself? You know, is this how I'm going to go? Like how ironic, like the, the one thing that I've loved since I was a tiny little girl, a kitty cat, you know, a stray kitty, I would always go pick them up. Like, is that going to be what takes me out? You know, like. Isn't it ironic? Um, But I've been feeling a lot of shame and guilt about having those thoughts. Because it's like, did I conjure it to be? You know, like, did I manifest it or what have you? And I know I'm probably going to be fine. And people probably think, oh, she's so dramatic. But it's just the feelings that I'm having. It's the realness of life. (sighs) You know, it's just the real the real emotions are big. I have big feelings and I'm so tired that I do that to myself that I feel like I should shut them down or that I they're not valid or that I'm being ridiculous because it's not ridiculous to be yourself and to feel and like you have to feel so that you could get through it. You just do. So there was that, but then there was also this thing about my own knowing again I think I've talked about this before where I didn't know my baseline with alcohol and so I stopped the alcohol so I could know what my body even feels like you know and that's coming up again now because I'm not 100% healthy in my life there's a lot of things that hurt me during the day and now I have swollen ankles that I just kind of realized are happening and When someone tells you that you might have something and then certain things already hurt on your body, then you start to like think that all of that has to do with rabies. You know what I mean? So like, for instance, I think on Monday or Tuesday, I tripped over the little cat tree that we have and I kind of tweaked my arm, um, but I kind of just like forgot about it. I didn't ice it or nothing and just go on with life. And I didn't think about it. And I think it was hurting me. I'm pretty sure it was hurting me the whole week. And then on Wednesday, when I got bit and then we're in the ER, my arm was really hurting me. And then I was like, oh, great. The rabies vaccine, I mean, the rabies uh, virus is traveling through my hand, up my arm to my brain. I had this whole thing and that I could feel it happening or whatever. And if you 
if you look online, which I highly, I highly tell you, don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't look online. It's awful. But like my wounds on my hand are very small. They hurt to the touch though. Like that's a little, yeah, when you push on them, they hurt. But um, if there were rabies involved, my hand would look like a mess, you know, and I'd have a fever and there's a lot of things. And so um, just not knowing my baseline of how I feel because I'm not a healthy person. I'm just not healthy. I'm so overweight and I don't pay attention and I'm not in tune with how I feel or anything with my body. It's horrible. Like, honestly. So, you know, that's another reason for something like this to happen. It shakes you up. And of course, you don't wish this to happen. But when things happen like this, you got to figure out what is it telling me, you know, and sometimes it's really soon after you figure it out. And then sometimes it takes forever to figure out like, there's still stuff from a couple years ago that I'm like, why did that have to happen? But um, in this instance, it's been pretty quick of a few many different things that I'm like, oh, man. I need to get healthy so I know what my body should feel like at baseline. So then if things start going on, I can be in tune. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. And and it and it's for your mind, for your psyche, because that that's it. That's my mind is just going a mile a minute. And so my arm is really hurting me. And I think that I I either pinched a nerve or pulled a muscle Um and I didn't care for it. So it's throbbing, you know, but my mind is telling me it's rabies and that it's traveling up my arm up to my neck, you know, cause the pain, when you have an arm, arm pain or muscle pain, it shoots up all the way, you know, everything's all connected. And so then you just, I mean, I've just been a mess. And then you add in the antibiotics, which make me sick, I can't stand them. I'm doing my best. I mean, I'm taking them. Don't worry, because I'm scared about that, too. You don't want to get an infection. And so I'm taking them. And hopefully, you know, it clears up anything that's wrong with me. <laughs> that's what I always think of as, like, you know, anything that's wrong with you. The body doesn't know what you you're wanting to fight, really. So it'll fight everything, you know? So I'm like, okay, after this, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cleaned up. So then after this, I need to get cleaned up in other ways. You know what I mean? But they had to give me two antibiotics because I am allergic to penicillin. And so that's great because it's basically like a dose and a half is what I found out. So like it's a little bit more, so it's a little heavier and harder on my belly. My stomach is just not liking it. And then one of the pills is a honker that I don't know why they can't just coat it. If they coated it, it would go down fine. It's big, but I, you know, but it's cakey and it tastes like, ugh. so that's fun. And I have a whole schedule because I have to take one. <laughs> it's just crazy. Take one every eight hours and another one twice a day. And Anyways, um, it's all doable. It's seven days of madness and then it's, it'll be good. But yeah, I just want to get healthy. I just want to feel healthy and, you know, rhyme a reason why I want to be healthy. I want to, 
be around to, you know, see what goes on with my bro, my family. Um, but I also have this other part of me, which is really surprised because I ask myself hard questions a lot, um, constantly. And I ask myself, okay, if you're going to die in, you know, 14 days a month, cause this rabies thing, it's no joke, man. They said that if, if, you know, this cat does die or contracts rabies and I need to rush into the hospital and they would give me, um, shots in the point of where, you know, it's really supposed to be done within 24 hours, but it says on there, you can do it up to 14 days. So we'll be right within the window and I'm not going to have to do this. (laughs) So, but that was another thing that the, the guy at the hospital, he was like, well, and he looked me up and down and And, you know, I could say he made me feel whatever. I mean, I'm just insecure. I I feel heavy and, you know, but he was like, from the the look of it, (laughs) you'd have to have like 10 shots because it goes by weight, you know, and that didn't feel nice. Um, Thanks a lot, dude. But um, so they'd have to inject you 10 times in the area where you got bit and like your hand. Can you imagine Like, people get tattooed on their hand. I'm like, how do you do that? But anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, there'd be a lot to do. Gosh, where was I? My brain. Uh Uh-oh, hope I'm not losing it. See, (laughs) there's just like anything that you could turn into a sign that something's, you know, going wrong with you. And so I just... um, yeah, I just, I don't want to have to go through that. I hope that I don't have to do the 10 shot things, but that's what it would be is that I would have to go and get 10 shots and then, you know, try and fight for my life. And, um, there's not many people who survive it. So hopefully I don't get it. Um, but yeah, uh, well, that's what I was saying. So when I thought that that's what, you know, it's, I could, pass away within a month, you know, when you look at that, when you're staring at that down the barrel, um, I asked myself, would you regret that you didn't do stuff? You know, certain things are, I actually just asked the blanket statement, will you have regrets? And I said, no, faster than the speed of light. And I was really happy with that. (laughs) It was, it was kind of really, uh, liberating and like a whole weight lifted off of me when I realized that of course I don't want to die you guys of course I don't want to die but that if that were to come down the pike for me right now I have lived such a good life I've had so much fun like honestly yes the last three years have been a pain in the ass but that's the same for everybody it's just been a crazy ass time and Um, you know, if I were to sit and write down everything that I've gotten to do in life, do I want to do more? Sure. But what I've gotten to do is fucking amazing. Pardon my language. And so, yeah, I was just really, really like surprised that it was such a quick, you know, no, no, no regrets. So that was kick butt. Um, but yeah, it's just really, you know, scary. Um, 
And I realized that I have a real big addiction to food. Um, not this week because of the pills. It's really helping me not to eat much except, well, yesterday I went and had a big meal. Uh, my mama took me to do laundry <laughs> and uh, I, I was so happy that I was able to ask for help because with all the stuff going on, I hadn't done laundry in like two weeks or whatever. And so I asked my mom if she would take me because Paul's been doing so much stuff around the house, like so much. And like, he's just always has to, you know, to do that, like being on the mix. And, um, she said, yeah, I'll take you. <laughs> so she took me and then we had a really big honking lunch and it was so good because I took my pill with me, the antibiotic, and I ate it in the middle of our feast, a BLT and a, and a. Uh, beef dip <laughs> um, and I ate fries and ranch dressing oh my gosh it was so delicious um, and it helped the pill like because I've been having such a hard time like not feeling that that upset stomach so that was amazing and it was just what I needed but then as I say that it's nothing that I needed like my body doesn't need an inch of what I ate the salad was good, but like the fries and, you know, and so that's what I need to like really hone in on. I think there's like a food addiction happening because like the alcohol, I'm not on it for these pills because that was one of the things he said, if you drink alcohol with this, you'll be deathly ill. And I was like, nope, not going to do it. So I don't have a problem with that. Like I don't have to drink alcohol. Like I know that I had a problem or whatever. And so then I, you know, readjusted or whatever, but like I haven't been drinking as much and then, you know, but I still drink and I'll drink and eat too together poorly. You know, I just, it's just a poor mindset and it is an addiction because I haven't been able to snap out of it, but it's also one of those things that's like, it's almost worse than alcohol. Not that I want to compare, but you, if you just don't bring alcohol into the house, you won't drink it. But you have food here all the time, you know. And I mean, I guess you could say just don't bring bad food into the house. But it's like, I don't know, man. I'll find a way. If there's any butter in the house, I'll find anything else to make it bad. And that's the thing is like I have to eat. So it's different than alcohol or, you know, something out foreign to your day where you can control it a little bit easier. It's not easy though. Like I'm not, again, I'm not comparing the two. And I know I had a hard time with the alcohol myself. It's, that's not easy either, but I'm just saying it's a little easier because you don't bring it into the house that you can't make something out of the pantry staples into something that's horrible for you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll find a way I'll make cupcakes if I want something. So it's just like that. I just really need to be more mindful of what I'm putting into my body. I need to figure out, you know, how not to let emotions lead me to food. Um, so really, it's just awful to be so heavy, you know. Um, yeah, and, and heavy, just, you know, uncomfortable um, because there's people that can be you know, bigger people and they're comfortable. So 
Like, it's not about the way I look or anything, but I'm just uncomfortable, like, honestly. And I was just thinking about how long it's been I've been trying to lose weight. And it's almost nine years now. So it just really shook me up. This rabies thing really shook me up. And I need to have a baseline for how I feel. I, like, always feel pretty crappy, if I'm honest. And so that's not, that's no place to be. So, you know, everything scares me. My arm is still kind of ouchy, shoulder pain, moved to my neck, and I'm just like, oh, you know. And then on top of everything else, I got my woman's, you know, curse or whatever you want to call it. And there's all kinds of stuff that comes with that. And so then you, you you know, freak out about, well, wait, like, and I didn't even realize it was coming. And I'm sorry if it's too much information for you. Um, but it's just, you know, um, with a lot, when you have a long month, there's timing involved. And so I'm always the beginning of the month and it came earlier because it's a long month. So it just was daunting. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what's happening here? You know? And then I was like, Oh, okay. Phew. And then um, one of the, I, one of the antibiotics also makes your, uh, urine brown. And I didn't read that and they didn't tell me that. So, you know, luckily I was able to find that out once I freaked out. Cause it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm a goner. But anyways, it's just so scary. And, um, you know, when you put responsibility on yourself, like, Oh, I wanted to die so many times. Is this how I'm going to go? That's also a layer that's hard to swallow. It's just hard. Um, And then it also, like, it kind of just shook us all up, you know? Like, oh, yeah, we're not here forever. Like, and we know that. And we're we're pretty good about stuff. But it was like, you know, I have a 16-year relationship, too. And he, you know, the idea of losing me kind of shook Paul up and then like the idea of me not being here for him shook me up you know (laughs) like um you know living out our lives together is something you just can take for granted and so maybe that's a good thing it's shaking us up um because the last couple days I know it's a relief not to have the stray here but it's just been also like just much more light brevity, you know, like, I just don't think we'll ever be the same. And we, I think we were getting in a little negative spiral too. There was other stuff going on. And, um, so we made some packs and I don't know, we'll see. I hope, um, you know, it's one of those things where the bubble pops, you know, and like, I hope that I don't go back into a bubble ever. Um, because I did once already, like in 2021, when all that stuff happened with the violence on our street and then the car totaling with me inside of it, just sitting on the side of the road, that was all so jarring. And it got us to, you know, it, these things happen for a reason to get you moving, you know? And so that got us to move where we're at here for a simpler life. And then you get here. And then I still wasn't safe, you know, 
It's a state of mind is what it is. I kind of put myself back in a bubble. And now it popped again. So I'm hoping this time I can just stay out of the bubble. Push myself to do more hard things. Uh, like my brother always says, what what would you rather want? You know, like a 20-minute hard <laughs> or a forever hard. And it's so true because I want to have life in me. And I, I mean, I do a lot of cool stuff and I, you know, I, I want to be grateful for what I'm capable of doing and, and, and give myself props for the things that I do. But I also want to know that I can be better. A really good balance, though, because if you just continuously think all you need to do is just keep getting better and better and better, you're never, you're never embracing what you're doing right now to be better. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to take steps. And then, like, once you get to the step, you go, oh, my God, look at what I got. Dang, son. And then slowly... <laughs> go back up the step, something else, you know, so, um, yeah, and I've been reading a bunch, um, Eckhart Tolle, uh, I think he wrote The Power of Now, and he wrote this other book about finding your purpose, it's like the new earth or something, and that book just, like, broke me open, because, like, we moved up here, and it kind of finally aligned with our thoughts is like more acres than square footage. That's kind of where we're at, you know, like we want to roam and enjoy nature and not worry about a house payment. And like, you know, and cause we were so down on ourselves for not being able to buy a house or this or that and the other. And it's like, that's not really what we care about. And I realized that sometimes we can, so simplifying the ego. So like, you know, we all have an ego that tells us that we should, I don't know, what am I trying to say? Be the most successful, be, you know, go for the shiny things, get the cars, the houses, the, the you know, the materialistic things, and that'll make you happy. Because I don't know where that's born from. I think it's just passed down. It's just the, you know. If you think about it, like, since the beginning of time, power, more, it's just what people strive for, you know? And I don't think that it's the most positive way to be. And so, you know, I thought if I could get myself out of that and be in the mind frame of simple fly, less is more, all that, that my ego would go away. But what I found out in this book and what I knew, like I, when you, when you read something that it just illuminates what you, you, not that, that, not that you knew it, but it's like, yeah, I guess you didn't know it, but it was there and you just didn't pay attention. You know what I mean? Like, so when you read something and then you're like, oh my gosh, that's what's been going on is like you know, the topic of greed has been coming up a lot and topic of this, that, and the other that are materialistic crap, bullshit in my mind. And what it, what, what ego will do is just fake you out 
and tell you, okay, so you're not into that materialistic stuff and you're doing the simple life and you're, you're scaling down and this, that, and the other, whatever I'm trying to say. But so then you're like, okay, ego's in check. Well, ego is there and he's just greasing up his little hands and going, oh, I'm going to get myself into you a different way then. And what happens is that you start to judge others based off of that. So then anyone who is materialistic or greedy or whatever, then you're looking at them next to your list of what you are, you know? So even though these are noble traits to be humble and simple and, you know, um, not materialistic, even though that might look great, it's not if you, if you just take that set now and judge others by that. You know what I mean? And it was a big little wake up call. A big little. It was just a, it was like a, you know, you get smacked in the face sometimes where you're just like, oh crap. Okay. And so it's just interesting of how, you know, really, I think, I don't know. Sometimes I think that we're all sent here over and over again until we get it right. Until we like level up or something. Because, like, a lot of people would be like, why are you even concerned with all this? Like, that is so much to think about and work on. And so, to me, they're, they're less, you know, they've come here less times. So, they're going to come back and they're going to be on this life cycle like I am right now, trying to become enlightened and be a better person when it's their time. You know, it's not that level yet for them. Does that mean... <laughs> Sounds really hippy dippy now that I'm saying it out loud, but, and I don't know. I mean, nobody knows. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but then that also sounds like I'm saying they're less than, and I'm not. It's just that I think it's interesting that some people focus a lot on like self-enlightenment and, self-awareness and like, you know, cause like, like Brene Brown, for instance, or like, um, Glennon Doyle, Jewel, like these, these folks I look up to, you know, and they're constantly just talking this all to death, like this life thing and what we're doing here and why, and what, why are we acting like this? And where does this stem from and shame and all these things. And then there's other people in the world, like, I don't know, like Justin Bieber or like Harry Styles. And they're, I mean, they're pretty deep too. They write songs, but like, I don't know. I'm not saying anyone's not deep, but just that their whole focus isn't that, you know what I mean? So like they're focused on art and this and that and, and like Leonardo DiCaprio, no offense to the guy, poor guy, he gets pulled through the ringer, but you know, He's very much on that materialistic side. He does care about the environment. But like, I don't know that he's sitting there every day, you know, thinking about how he moves through the world, you know, maybe environmentally. Um, I don't know. Probably really horrible examples. If I offended anyone, I apologize. But I'm just saying that like, he's busy. He's an actor and he's a lot of people like engage in what they do 
and continue onward with that more so than enlightenment. You know what I mean? Like, because there's only so much time in the day. And so it's just, it's just a lot of work sometimes. Like, and I sometimes resent it. And then I'm like, well, you're choosing to do all this. And it's like, I wish that there were another way for me, though. Like, I wish that I could just turn a switch and be like, I don't care. Think of me how you think of me. And I don't care if I move through the earth and make you mad. And I don't care if I, you know, um, hurt your feelings. I don't care if I forget your birthday. You know what I mean? It would be amazing if if I could do that, but then I would also not be the nicest who would want to be around that. Like, you know, like, because that's just like not caring about anything. And I don't know anybody who doesn't care about anything. That's what I was trying to say, but not caring about this piece of enlightenment so much would be so less stressful. And it's not an on or off switch that I have. It's just not. So, and I think there's a reason for it. Like this podcast and like poetry and like, you know, there's reasons for everything. And that's what this podcast is about. Rhyme or reason, you know? And so like, I'm sure that I'll figure out that the reason why I'm so sensitive and so heavy in my boots is because of art and you know, maybe someday I'll make a bigger impact. But if I never do, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, I really think that the little impacts that I've made are enough. And that was really comforting to me. Because everybody's looking for this grand life, you know, or and I say that and then I'm like, not everybody. But like, we're shown, you know, big lives to look up to and aspire to. And I think sometimes we discount the beautiful small lives, you know. There's so many that do little things for everybody or whoever they know and make impacts wherever they're at. So, I don't know. Well, yeah, so this has been a big shakeup, like, um, yeah, and then, you know, just ask the why, the why am I taking care of the stray cat, you know, because I, I have, you know, family who's like, well, why are you doing this to yourself? He bit you, like, just take him and put him out <laughs> somewhere far away and just say bye, you know, and it's like, well... I do care about him and we may find him some other farm to live at where he could be a great, you know, mouser for them. But, you know, we might just have him here and we'll, we'll work it out. We'll see if he, he can calm down and stop trying to come inside. Then it won't be as stressful for us because we like to have the door open with the screen and he's always picking at it, you know. But so why, why we do things is important and... I'm sorry that that whole podcast didn't come out because, you know, I had good points in it, but it just, um, like I said, when I listened to it again, it fell flat. And then the second time I recorded it, it the sound was off. And so I'm really hoping this one sounds good because I actually recorded this earlier this morning and had to redo it now. So 
it was all choppy and weird and it's really hard to hear it until you go to listen. So anyways, I, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to hop on here. It helps a lot to talk it out because it's in my head constantly. Like I want to, you know, I just want to be here a little longer. Um, you know, who doesn't, I don't want to (laughs) die, but, um, yeah, it just helps to get it out of my head and like, make some meaning out of it, you know, because like, it's been really hard. It's been really hard. Um, because, you know, nobody, nobody really understands that unless you're the person. Because it's, you know, everyone's really supportive and so kind and everything. But it's just, if you're not the one looking down, you know, the possibility of not being here anymore, then, then you can't really understand the, you know, unless you have sincere empathy. Um, but you still can't fully understand what that feels like. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a really scary thing. And it's felt, you know, there's so much stress around other things. And so I felt alone at times. And I mean, I know it's just Wednesday and this is Sunday, but there's, it's a lot more time than you'd think. Cause I'm not sleeping very good. I got to wake up at six for my, one of my pills. And, um, yeah, so it's just been hard, but it is okay. I am good. I am doing what they say to do and that's all I can do. So I'm just taking it one step at a time, you know, and then I think these big things, these reasons, you know, we need to have our home be stress-free. That's why we came here. We need to, um, you know, not take each other for granted, (laughs) me and Paul. And for the most part, we're good on that. But it's just, you know, a little shake up to remind ourselves that, you know, it's a really cool blessing to be together and to be two sensitive people that get each other is fucking amazing. (laughs) Pardon my French. Um. And just to reconnect in that and, you know, and then to love on this little Paisley girl who felt neglected and, um, yeah, just like, you know, just reframe everything so that it's strong enough to withstand because I have to tell you, this won't be the last thing that comes up, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I just, there's been so much going on. I just, I've been doing a lot of triple AD stuff, which has helped my psyche a lot because it's all mental health stuff, but I also need to take my own advice. Like there's a lot of it that I need to implement in my life, you know? Um, and I think that's true of most of us. We we're so good at giving others advice and, you know, actually doing it for ourselves is a lot harder, but, um, I think we can. I think we can do it. Yesterday's was forgiveness. And that's another thing where it's like, wow. Because I just feel so good in that respect. Because honestly, like, 
forgiveness is something that everybody is worthy of. And I feel like redemption, like I know I talk that word to death, is just so important to give to people um, for yourself. Like it's so easy to hold a grudge or whatever. And, you know, most people don't mean to hurt other people, hurt people, hurt people, you know, that whole thing. So it's just like yesterday's post was just like really cool about, um, cause I went online the, cause it's 23 resources for mental health awareness month. And most of them come out of my brother's book, um, that he wrote mental health manual. It's super awesome. And it has a companion journal that you could like go along with it. And it's so great. And so most of it comes from there, but we had 23 days and I think there was like 20 in there. Maybe, I don't know, maybe 18. I don't know. There was a certain amount that I had to fill in. So I'd go online and find stuff. And yesterday's was huge because it was like when you forgive someone, then the narrative changes from the person to what happened. And I was like, what? And so like if you're constantly bringing up the person who did it or hurt you or whatever, you know, that means that you haven't forgiven them yet because... Once you've forgiven them fully, then it changes to what you learned from it instead of what they did. You know what I mean? Because you're not focused on that because you've forgiven them. So that was kind of cool. And then the other piece was forgiveness for yourself. And oh, that's a doozy. You know, stuff that you think you've done. And I mean, stuff that you've done, um, you know just to make amends if possible. And then, and then, you know, to know that sometimes like forgiveness is all that you can do within yourself. Like sometimes you can't, for, you can't tell the other person I forgive you because maybe they've passed away or, you know, because it's unhealthy. Like maybe they'd be mad at you to talk or or it's going to go nowhere, whatever. You have to like assess what the situation is. And if you're just not talking anymore or they're far away, you just have to forgive within yourself and let that be enough too. It's pretty interesting. It's all the stuff that you forget, you know, it's like, it seems so basic and so easy. And then it's like, no, that's a doozy. Forgiveness, man. Whew. But forgive yourself because, because, you know, I, I, like I said, and I'm going to get sad again, but I was just so scared that I had created this for myself that I said I didn't want to be on the planet so many times that now, you know, it was coming true. <sighs> and that hurts when you think that you've, you know, did something to yourself when you betray yourself or you, or you're bad to yourself, man. Forgive yourself for that too, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, on a positive note, I'm going to be okay. We're going to pick up Percy on June 5th. It's a Monday and he's going to be okay. And he'll get to, he'll be so excited and he'll get to run around again and we'll just have better boundaries and we'll see how it goes. But I'm going to be back on here that week sometime 
after June the 5th. So you can know that I'm still here. I'm still kicking. Such a Debbie Downer. I'm just kidding. No. No, but so that I can fill you in on everything and tell you how it's going. And, you know, I'll come up with a theme for that one. And we'll talk. And there'll be more to talk about. I am just going to take all this, um, you know, one day at a time. And that's all we all can do, right? So I thank you for coming and listening and being here for the first episode of, of season two. I hope to have lots of fun stuff in store, um, but I don't know. So thanks for allowing my sporadic activity and for still showing up. Like, I'm sorry that there's not a schedule or what have you, but it also is what it is <laughs> right now. It's a crazy time. Um, and I wish you all so much love. I hope that you know that you're amazing and that, you know, there's no one else like you in the whole entire world. So honor that. I hope you're respected, seen, heard, loved. And stay you. This podcast was written and recorded by Jenny Camille. The song you hear at the beginning and the end is called Past, Present, Future by Sounds Like Sam. Are you still here? Hi. So I wrote this poem that turned into a song that is just what I've been feeling lately. And I thought it was kind of funny and kind of catchy and kind of sad and kind of gloomy. You know, all the stuff. So I thought I'd read it to you. It's called Big Feelings. I've got a case of big feelings. Looking to sell them really cheap. At night, I just stare at the ceiling, wishing these feelings would just let me sleep. Who wants to buy a million reasons to cry or a handful of aches that barely don't break you? Who wants this shiny mirror with insults so damaging to hear or this pocket full of sad poetry, brand blue? They say advertisers try to create a need. There's no way in that endeavor I'll succeed. Why would anyone want more sadness? They can find plenty of their own in all the world's madness. Still, I guess I'll give it a try. Who wants to buy some more shame that's in mass supply? Or a nice room of insults full of my flaws and defects and faults too? 
What about this tangled web of all the things I wish I'd said, unopened, like new? I will never tell you you're lacking, because you're not. So onward with all this, I'll keep backpacking. Sails just ties me up in knots. Why carry it, you might ask? Why not burn it to the ground? Wish it was an easy task, but every time I think I'm up, it pulls me back down. Why would someone choose to feel this way? You know it's a choice. Fingers point, fingers point. Why would someone choose to have so much to say? Oh, it's a victim thing. Loves to feel that sting. I know her type all too well. Oh, if only. If only it was a case of big feelings that I could just sell.